Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sunday Social. Today, I'm here with Chelsea Pendarvis-Duro from the Communities and Schools uh, Mid-America. How are you doing today, Chelsea? I'm doing great. Thanks, Thomas. Now, uh, we've had a couple of your, uh, I guess, your co-workers, your, um, the, the main coordinator. We've had several of the people involved um, on our show. So um, tell us a little bit about your part in, in the communities and schools, because I think it's really cool that this is something that they're bringing to, to the Anadarko area. Um, yeah, absolutely. Donna Bustle um, is our tribal director, and I'm actually the site coordinator for um, Anadarko High School. We have site coordinators at every school. Um, I'm taking on the high school and dealing with, uh, you know, our kids ninth through 12th grade and also working with the, our students at the alternative school. You're brave. <laughs> oh, they're good kids. Dealing with them Darko high school kids. I remember I was in high school in Darko, so, you know, I know hey, how it hey. is. <laughs> So what what exactly is it? What, what is what is the goal of CIS? What is it that you guys really are are setting out to do? So we have, of course, you know, like every organization, we have tons of goals. But our main focus for this year specifically is just kind of you know work on school climate and you know to make our kids want to come to school and to give them the resources that they need uh, to be successful. And we want to be able to provide things that. You know, our school system that they can't provide, whether it be for budget cuts or maybe they just don't know, you know, about our tribal resources. So we want to bring, you know, all that together and just give our kids a chance. Now, you talked about those budget cuts. That's a that's been a big topic here in in Oklahoma ever since the walkout. And, um, you know, it's 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 pretty interesting because you you are a teacher. You were a teacher, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I taught for the past two years advanced language and composition and uh, American literature for the 11th grade. Um, And, you know, it's, I was successful in that realm as well. You know, I won teacher of the year. Uh, My kids seem to be doing fairly well with, you know, with what they set out to do. And the thing about CIS is, is that it doesn't come from Anadarko's budget. So we don't cost the school anything, you know, to be here. Um, and two, like this program is also to make it a better climate for, for our teachers because they deserve to be, you know, loved on as well. So it's more of a, like a supplemental program. It doesn't have anything really to do with the schools. It's just kind of working in, in association with them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. CIS um, is its own nonprofit organization and it doesn't cost the school anything to have us here. Um, we just ask that we use a, you know, have a classroom space and that the administration be on board. But yeah, we're fully funded. Um, by NIEA, the National Indian Education uh, Program. So, yeah, we're not funded at all by Anadarko Public Schools. So um, this communities and schools, is that something that's that's just predominantly done in Native American communities, or is it something that's focused on minority communities? Because this this is a na- uh, like a national thing, right? Yeah, this is a national program. It's based out of D.C., but the Mid-America um which is the, the company that we're with is based out of Lawrence. So predominantly it works in lower income schools uh, per the grant. So our grant specifically states that our tier two and tier three, which is our one-on-one services deals with predominantly native American students. Well, you have to be tribally enrolled to be able to experience uh, the tier two and tier three services, but our tier one services, which is like a soothing food, a food uh, closet, a clothing closet and like basic needs that's for the whole school. But yeah, CIS is everywhere. Um, 
you know, in all kinds of school districts, like Topeka, Kansas would be one of them that I can, you know, that has a high African-American demographic and, and um, Spanish demographic. So, yeah, they kind of do try to place it in communities that need um, assistance. Yeah, so in, it's mostly, I guess, more income-based than um, anything else. I guess that kind of, it kind of coincides with, with the minorities anyway, but so how many how many places in Oklahoma? How many school districts are there in Oklahoma that take advantage of this uh, of this grant or this program? Uh, there are only two uh, here in Anadarko. We're one of the only ones in the entire company um, or organization that's in every single school. Um, Tulsa is you know, it'd be almost impossible to be able to fund someone to be in every school in Tulsa, but they are in Tulsa as well. I was going to say that's a whole lot of schools in Tulsa. So. Yeah, yeah, no, there's, it's still kind of gets the basic, like there's still a middle school and elementary and a high school, but as far as like being in every single school in the, the town or the community, we are only, we're one of two um, in the entire organization that is able to do that. And I guess the size of Anadarko probably works to your advantage for that, since it's not, not that many different schools that are broken up into. So well, Yeah, absolutely. It has a lot to definitely do with the size and, and we're kind of, you know, we're just a few miles apart, so that definitely plays a part in it. Definitely. So, so what's on the what's on the horizon for this upcoming school year? I know this is a it's a new program to Anadarko, right? I mean, this is basically its inception. So, what's what's really what's on the what's on the horizon? What's in the plans? Yeah. So that is that's a great question. So we've already done a senior seminar. We've brought uh, different. Uh, Native Americans from different organizations here to talk to our students in breakout sessions uh, for our seniors. So that's one thing that we wanted to accomplish, and we were able to do that. Um, for the rest of the year, man, we just really want to just fully engage ourselves in this community and just be a part of it. And I think, you know, it, it, it's going to take steps, small steps, but they're steps nonetheless. So we just really want to help change this environment and help our tribal leaders and our administration kind of be on the same page. We're hosting a tribal leaders luncheon you know, next week. Um, and so we just really are, we just really kind of want to close that gap. If I mean, growing up here, like I know that there, there are needs that need to be met and we just want to help meet those basic needs, clothes, food, uh, counseling, mental health is a big thing. We just want to, you know, really for this first year, just focus on, on building rapports with, with people in the community and our students and, and everything else I believe will follow. Like we want to take some kids to, to DC for a unity trip, uh, you know, just things like that. Yeah, I love I love seeing those kids be able to take trips like that. Being able to get, I think that's a big part of um, being able to understand how big the world is outside of Anadarko. Um, I know that's probably, I don't think that's a problem that you had, but I know a lot of people that I grew up with, um, people that had never been past like Oklahoma City or, you know what I mean, Lawton or something like that and never really understood that there was so much more out in the world and just kind of just stay in this little bubble their whole life. So, yeah, for sure. And we want to be able to, you know, if I have a student that is on my caseload and they want to, you know, go, go to Dartmouth, like I want to be able to, to let them experience Dartmouth, you know, in Dartmouth. So there's just things like that, that, that we can do. There's so many things. It's like, you know, literally like a Swiss army knife of things that we can offer in, we just need the community support. Like we, we're always taking volunteers uh, to work at, you know, all of the schools. So it is so, like you said, there's, 
there's not really a place to where we can start. The only place that we can start is just by being ourselves and being involved in the community. And, you know, people will suggest ideas to us. And if we can do it, yeah, of course, like that's something that we will definitely try to do, whatever that idea uh, may be. Basically from the from the ground up, huh? Yeah, now, from the ground up. And this first year is going to be, you know, literally groundbreaking for us, I think. Now, you, you talked a little bit about volunteers. Um, what kind of volunteers do you guys need? Is that something that's just kind of you just play it by ear? And how can how can volunteers get a hold of you guys if they were wanting to do something in the community? Um, yeah, so basically our volunteer process is that we interview and we do a background check on everyone that would like to be a volunteer. And you can do that just by reaching out uh, to any of the site coordinators. We're all at our schools. Um, we also have a Communities and Schools of Mid-America Facebook page, so you can reach out there as well. Also, you can catch, you know, Donna Bustle, she's here. Um, follow us on social media um, and just reach out to the school in general and just say, hey, I would like to volunteer for, you know, Communities and Schools of Mid-America. We'll get you set up. we we'll fill out a few questions. We'll run the background check. We'll interview you uh, just for the safety of our kids. You know, we want to make sure that we're getting the right people in. And then you can tell us what you can help us with, whether it be, you may just want to help uh, get stuff together in the clothing closet, or you may just want to uh, do work in the food closet, or you may want to be a mentor. And then at that point, you just let us know, and we'll try to fit you with, you know, what we have available. Now, you mentioned the uh, Tribal Leaders Luncheon. When When is that going to be? That luncheon is going to be on September 10th. September 10th. So and, yeah. do you know who all is coming? Did you Was it like you invited everybody and hopefully they show up, or is it RSVP? Do you know who all is going to be there? Um, there wasn't RSVP. I know that we reached out to the tribes in our area uh, specifically because that is where our main demographic, you know, Apache, Kiowa, um, Delaware, Wichita, you know, the, the tribes in this, in our immediate area, Kiowa, of course, we, we reached out to them, and, and I did, especially their tribal leaders in um, education, just so they can get a better idea of how their kids are truly perform- performing by tribe and whether or not they have a higher education uh, program, because I think it's critical for advancement that our tribes get on board with higher education. Well, not just having the program, but actually funding it and making sure that it's being run right and everything else that goes into, you know, running. Right, tribe, yeah, and, and, and that's, you know, and that's its own um, situation there, but you know, we just want to make sure that we're as open and transparent, um, you know, as possible, and just let them know, like, hey, like we really are here for for our kids, and we really do want you to be involved, and we're not asking for anything except for involvement. And I really, I really like the way that you guys are preparing. You know, trying to get kids prepared for college. That was something. Like I said, you know, we're we're both Anadarko graduates, so we know kind of how it is. If you grow up in Anadarko, you're really not expected to do anything. You're you're kind of just expected to just be in Darko the rest of your life. So, whenever you do get out and you do something, it's kind of it's kind of different. It seems like the only people that uh, really get praise from the community in Anadarko are, are athletes, and so. Is this something that you guys are trying to maybe uh, maybe change a little, put more a little more emphasis on on the 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 studying side of it, the you know the the education side? Yeah, of it? well, yeah, for sure. I think that has to do with you know school climate. Like we have to change the climate of our school, and it's 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 dominated you know by that because that's where we can see immediate success. And 
people like to see uh, immediate gratification. You know, so our athletes win, so sweet we see that. But sometimes we miss the kid that scores a 31 on our ACT, which is actually a thing here. We have kids that has a th- we have a kid that has a 31 right now, but is not an athlete. You know, so we kind of have to celebrate both ends of it. And even you know, per se, maybe they don't want to go to college. Well, we need to get them in the workforce and provide resources for them to be you know in the workplace if they want to go to Votech. Cool. We want to make sure that they have enough credits. Uh, to get out there and that's something that the school is totally on board with and yeah I mean I agree with you that we do have to celebrate more than than just our athletes and we do have to celebrate the successes of our academics because I think people don't know that we're having success there because we don't celebrate it we don't talk about it those kids just kind of do their thing and and they just go on and they don't ever come back yeah, we need those kids to want to come back and to invest in this community. And hopefully, like I said, communities and schools in America is will be something that a tool that they can use to come back and, and reinvest in the community. And they don't have to live here, but maybe show their face and come to some events and, and just be, you know, an active face in the community. Yeah, that's definitely one of the one of the things that I've always I've always felt. Uh, I wish that Andarco had a little more. I guess um, academic type of stuff. You know, we I don't even think we had an academic team whenever we were in high school. I mean, we may have, and I just didn't try out for it. But I don't even remember hearing about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like I was in I was in drama. I didn't I didn't play sports or whatever. I was you know I was doing my own thing. But that was that was the people that you heard about. You know, you don't hear about everybody that got engineering scholarships to OU and, you know, getting these scholarships to OSU to go, uh, you know, to do things up there. And you don't hear about any of that, but you hear about every kid that gets a scholarship to go play ball somewhere. And I'm just, I I don't know. I feel like we need to change that narrative a little bit. I mean, not, not that we don't need to celebrate the kids that are, that are athletes, but we just need to celebrate the other kids as well. And kind of get them to yeah, where totally. it's, it's kind of cool to be smart. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I agree. And like I said, yeah, the school climate is huge, and and our kids know that that, and, and they want to be celebrated. You know, and also too with our athletes, like we have to make sure that um, they're successful in college as well. You know, we can't just prepare them for Friday nights or and Tuesday nights if they play basketball. We we have to make sure that they are prepared every day of their lives to be able to to do something with their scholarships and. That's just speaking, you know, outside of CIS of Mid-America and just speaking, you know, for myself being an athlete here and and just wanting, you know, other athletes to be prepared, just as prepared as our kids who do have academic uh, success here. we got to make sure that we're not just preparing them for, you know, Tuesday and Friday and they win a game and then they graduate and then that that's it. Like that, that's not enough. We have to, they have to be more, they have to want to be more than just, than just athletes. Yeah, and I, you know, it, it's happened a lot. Kids getting pushed, kind of just pushed through school. I mean, just kind of letting them go through because they're good athletes. So, you know, it, it really, they're not doing them any favors. And even like me, as a, as the kind of kid I was, I was naturally smart. So I never, I didn't have to study. I didn't have to do homework. I never had to do any of that in school. So whenever I went to college, it was a whole different ball game. I I had one semester and that was, you know, flunked out, had to go go to work for a while and all that kind of stuff. It took me a couple of years before I went back and actually finished my degree. And I feel like 
maybe my my high school my senior english class maybe the only class that actually prepared me for college and yeah. you and know that, I, I mean like you're saying like that's an age age-old narrative in in schools all over the country and it's just it's unfortunate that that's how it is and and teaching here in anadarko for the last few years i can say that that i've seen that narrative change as far as just uh passing them through like we get the ineligible, ineligible list and it's, it's lengthy, you know? So, and I was relieved when I first started teaching to see that, that, that is a, that is something that's not, and, and, and I can't speak for everyone, of course, but I can say that I feel like it's, it's not happening as much as it may have happened, um, you know, in the past, but yeah. I can't speak from, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I do know that, that we do have an ineligibility list and that it is ran and that it is there are athletes on there there are good athletes well, on there who, that makes me feel better who have to work to get off <laughs> yeah so there you know i think you know mr mccormick I, I think that in his administration administrative staff realized that there's a change that has to be made and so it may not look like it's just happening but there are steps baby steps but like i said it's progression <laughs> nonetheless i wish it would move faster like everything like i wish we could come in here cis could come in here and just wreck house and change everything and all of our kids want to go to ivy league institutions or be able to get into ou confidently but you know it just it's going to take a little bit to change that narrative yeah it's it it takes small steps but you know like we talked about it it takes changing the community it takes changing the culture um it takes changing the way that people the way that people think about stuff now I used to work in prevention, and so one thing that I always saw, and, and I don't know if this is something that, that you guys see, but one of the one of the things that I always saw that used to kind of make me laugh was the parents that were, uh, oh, it's not my kid. It's those, it's those other kids. Like, when you tell them there's a problem in the schools, most parents are going to sit there and tell you, oh, well, it's not my kids. It's it's those other kids. It's those It's those ones over there. How do you get past that to to let these parents understand that, no, we're talking about, you know, 70, 80 percent of the kids in this high school have said that they've had a drink in the past week. (laughs) It's most likely going to be one of your kids. Yeah. uh, One of the cool things about our program is that we really want to help the parents as well. So it's not just working with the students. It's a whole family type of program. And we really want to be able to, if, you know, sometimes our parents may not know and we can provide them with financial literacy classes. We can provide, you know, help provide them with counseling and get someone in, uh, whether it be uh, meditation, you know, just something to help them. Because, I mean, we don't know what's going on with them or why they're still in a state of denial. We just don't know. So if we can find out and provide them with resources as well, I think that we'll be better off as a, as a community. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, with with Indians, with the Indian community, you know this as well as I do. You you have to attack things a little bit differently. Um, Indians still have a lot of old ideals and kind of um, these these ways of thinking that where there's still a lot of stuff that's taboo. So you know we're we're causing our kids really to go through a lot more mental anguish just because 
as Indians, we don't want to admit that we have a family member that has mental illness issues or a family member that has substance abuse issues or even a family member that may be a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, these are these are right. things that we still, as natives as a whole, kind of feel like uh, shines a negative light on our personal, our own, our own personal life. Like we had something to do with that or... Um, we're not as strong as a family or, you know, whatever like that. Is that, is that something that you run into a lot? Um, yeah. And each site coordinator, we're all members of a, of a tribe, <laughs> you know? So there's some of the same traditions and same ideals that, you know, we've, we've grown up with as well. I mean, it's just that narrative is, is one that is, it, it, like you said, it just, it is what it is. And, once you try to build a rapport and build that trust with someone and, and try to help them see things from a different perspective, they either will accept it or they won't accept it. No, but I at know, least you've tried to educate them on it. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's hard, it's, right? It's a tough, it's it, tough. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, I study indigenous law at OU and run into the same thing with discussions that some of my classmates, they are super traditional. And, you know, I just, yeah, it's it's tough. It's very tough. Now, is that something that I know it's still something that you have to deal with in the school? Like, there's still <clears throat> there's still a lot of bullying in Anadarko around, not just LGBTQ, but a lot of different different stuff, right? I mean, how how are we addressing the bullying issue? Not just in Anadarko, but I mean like nationwide. This seems like something that has increased in the past. I don't know, so many years. It doesn't seem like it was this bad. Yeah, well, from my um, experience being in the classroom, what I notice is a lot of it is uh, they're bullying each other on social media. So how do you control that as an as an administration? What can you do? We can't uh, go through their phones. We can't. We, there's just things we can't do as far as their personal devices. But I do know that the school has put in place you know, there there are extreme consequences if you are caught fighting at school. There's a fine that's involved. And there is also, if you record it, you also have those same consequences. So if you if you record someone getting beat up, um, you have the same consequences as the people that were, you know, that were fighting. So it, you'll, we'll go all day and not hear anything. And then the next thing we know, you know, it's too late. And it's because that things are taking place on... Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> High school problems all on social media. So it's yeah. like, how do you, as a nation, we have to figure out how we can, because I mean, you have to evolve as a nation. You have to evolve as a community. So how can we evolve enough to where we can monitor what's going on on social media? Like, how can we tackle that? Like, that's a, that is a huge problem, especially, you know, nationwide. And so, you know, especially, you know, a girl mason, a picture to someone, and the next thing you know, a thousand other people have seen that same picture. And, and we will never know about it here. We'll never know about it at the school. And then you have a parent come up and, and, and you know, and what do we do? And that's a, you know, that's a, that brings up another interesting point. You know, talking about social media, that's one thing that I've noticed is it seems like people are willing to say stuff on social media that they would never say to your face. So, like, right. people people that I went to school with, that I ate lunch with, that, you know, we partied with or whatever, 
are now spouting like this this hate speech on Facebook, and it's like, dude, like I know you in real life, like don't don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I might actually see you thing. at some point. Like, don't do that to yourself. Like, yeah, our kids are doing the same thing. So I mean, as adults, we see it. But how do we do with it as kids? Like, we have to prepare them for that, and that is by giving them a safe, making them feel like they have a safe environment, letting them know. They have a safe environment when they're here at school. They have adults that care. They have a safe one-on-one relationship with adults, and they know how to practice safe relationships with other people. And that's the only thing that I can think of is, you know, I lose sleep at night about our kids, especially our kids here in Anadarko, being from here. Like, it's literally, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe on just this community and trying to figure out ways to make it better. But I think that it starts with our kids. You know, and it, it's just, it, it just, it is, it is what it is. We have to start with them. We have to, I mean, we're starting with them at sunset. You know, our site coordinators are even at sunset working with those kids and teaching them how to build healthy relationships with adults and kids, letting them see what it's like to have a healthy, caring relationship with other people. And so once, like, I think that trickle down effect is, is going to change everything here. I, I believe that 100%. Yeah, let's let's hope so, man. Because, um, like I said, I love Anadarko. That's always gonna be home. Um, I, you know, I love I love the culture. I love being brought up with that. You know, being able to to share my culture the way I have, being able to learn my culture the way I have, and I hope that that's a big part of what these kids are getting out of this stuff too. Is you know, I always talk about you know walking those two paths. There's there's a lot of people on on either side of that that will tell you that you really can't do both of them at the same time. But the way I was taught was you don't have to choose. You can you can know your traditions, you can know your culture, your language, your songs, your dances. Know all that and go get your education. Go keep a job. Go powwow on the weekend and still keep a regular full time job if you want to. You know the like that's the kind of stuff that it seems like we're we're either pushing kids one way or the other. There's either a really old way of thinking where, you know, you don't need to live like these white men and all that kind of stuff or else there's this new way of thinking where it's like, don't, don't worry about any of that culture stuff. None of that's going to help you in the future. You need to learn, just worry about uh, your, you know, your studies and making sure that you get as much money as possible as fast as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was just literally in one of my classes, you know, saying that, yeah, I grew up here and I feel like this is Indian country. I feel that way. I grew up here, but I know traditions, but I don't know the laws. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we have to keep our kids going on strong traditionally. Like we have to, and that has to be a part of our of our system here, how we do things. Like we have to respect that. Here in our school system, we have to respect it everywhere. Right? Yeah. We, we just do because we... we we owe that to them to make them feel comfortable being who they are. And at the same time, we have to teach them the laws that go in Indian country so that they can come back and be progressive because without knowing those things, like what, like I had no idea about water rights, no idea, but I can tell you what my grandmother is telling me how valuable water is to us. But I have no idea, no idea about the right concerning it. So, you know, if we can educate them on both ends, like you said, like both ways, man, it, these kids can, can will do amazing things, I think. Definitely. So we, have well, to, we have to speak life into our community. So, 
Yep. Hey, I, I definitely look forward to being able to work with you guys and helping to do some of that as much as I can. So we're going to definitely keep in touch. And uh, if you're just now joining us, this is, we've been talking to Chelsea Pendarvis Duro from Communities and Schools Mid-America, um, representing the Andarco High School site coordinator. So uh, thanks for coming on, Chelsea. I'm, we're going to talk to you again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Thomas. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Sunday Social. I'm Thomas the Third. For everybody here at Talk Jive Radio, saying peace.